morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT, I guess. We're hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by the one, the only, the Matt. Bonjour! I guess, buddy. I guess. We're here as long as NXT is here. Exactly. As long as the black and yellow, or whatever color it's going to be in a couple of weeks. Yep. We'll see what ends up happening there. Interesting times indeed. Uh, we'll see where it's going. We had a very interesting show, to say the least. Um, yeah. Not sure what I think about it. Yeah, well, it was it was okay. We'll we'll talk we'll talk about it in great detail. But it was uh, it was a little boring, maybe in spots. It was it was it's gonna become developmental again. That much is clear. Yep. Just in the way that these matches were wrestled, especially the first match. I think we'll talk about that. But buddy, I don't know. It's not the end of the world. There's still some talent here. There's still some great moments in the show. There's there's some things to enjoy. And uh, you know the the indie darling days of NXT. They're they're dead. But guess what? We have AEW. We don't need it. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's the thing, right? At the end of the day, like it's it it's turning into what it was meant to be, right? How many years were we talking about? Or not years, but basically since AEW started, like what is NXT? Is it the third brand? Is it developmental? Well, they're giving us a definition, and we're moving forward with it. And you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, like. A lot of these changes are for the best. They make the most sense. But yeah, I do worry for the Pete Dunns, for the Johnny Garganos of the world. Like, what do their careers look like in the next five to ten years? You know? Freak. The, uh, the even Tyler Bates, the next, even. Even in the next few weeks, there's a couple people yeah. that we don't know what's going to happen. Thatcher was essentially written off tonight. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, he might have been. That could have effectively been a write-off. Yeah. Yeah, man, definitely some things are happening in the NXT brand. But buddy, friend Boris, how are you today? I'm doing good. Super busy. It's been non-stop, whether it be real work or whether it be wrestling work. Uh, the, you know, the past week in the wrestling world has just been so busy. Um, and it's pretty much been non-stop since, what, last Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So much damn pro wrestling and also real life stuff. Yeah. But yeah, personally, I, I got some days off here, so I am going to put my feet up, enjoy some uh, time away from wrestling. I think I watched everything I needed to watch. Actually, I haven't quite watched uh, all of SummerSlam 91, but I'm almost through it. I'll finish that possibly tonight. And then, yeah, then it's just smooth sailing uh, for the rest of the week for me. Yep. But yeah, man, tough, tough. Uh, just so much wrestling to watch so much good stuff too and then there was SummerSlam. yeah well look yeah that was that um but uh yeah it was it was it was what it was really at the end of the day but uh yeah i think after tomorrow's bam once we record bam i think uh i'm gonna like shut away from wrestling until sunday basically when i have to do the next roh report so that's gonna be fun yeah so uh word you don't have to watch these if you're not into them. I'm going to for sure on Saturday and Sunday of this coming week, I believe, is uh, NWA Empower and NWA 73. Yep. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be watching those. Yeah, I'll watch those in time for next week's spam. But uh, yeah, yeah work, I think work, I'm work. going to, uh, yeah, just take a step back and uh, let the wrestling world be the wrestling world. Like I say, it's just been a yeah, crazy man. few days um, doing, you know, the, the the syndicated show, doing the after party, watching NXT, um, just dealing with a bunch of stuff going on. And then so like, you know, we had NXT today. Um, and yeah, it's just been super crazy. And actually, I'm on the side. I'm setting up for a uh, a interview that's um, I'm gonna do for Slam Wrestling, actually. Uh, but I'm allowed to kind of have snippets here and there, and it's gonna be with uh, good old Colby Carino. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's dope, man. Yeah, very excited. That'll be interesting. Can't wait to check that out, buddy. A uh, good get for the for the lad. I appreciate. I'm happy for you, man. That's that's dope. Yeah. And uh, it'll be it'll be cool to talk to Colby Carino, the uh, the shining star of NWA. Yeah, for sure. And this Friday he has a show uh, with his father. He's actually going to be wrestling good old Steve this Friday. Wow, that'll be interesting. I'd, I'd like to find that on the old interwebs and check that out. Yep. So we're, I'm going to be talking about that. I'm going to be basically talking, you know, with the, um, you know, with the doors wide open everywhere, kind of like how he's seeing the landscape and how he's enjoying the landscape, you know, getting a taste of the system versus out of the system and things like that. Right. So I think I think it'll be a good chat. Awesome. Can't wait to check it out, buddy. Right on. Yeah. So uh, what's going on with you? What's new? I am uh, not too much working, working very, very hard in my uh, real life job and also uh, also operation sports and also the podcast. Like you said, we've been watching lots of wrestling. But yeah, I, I think I've handled all of my business pretty much that I need to handle up until finishing SummerSlam 91 tonight. And yeah, I can actually relax and do whatever the frig I want tomorrow in Boris. I'm super excited for it. I can't wait. Might sleep in. I might even wake up early. You know, sometimes I like to be an early bird, buddy. Pour a yeah. coffee. Maybe, uh, you know, watch a little sports center. Maybe go outside for a nice Boris-style power walk yeah, around the neighborhood. Exactly. Get a couple things. Exactly. You know, I don't know. The world is my oyster, buddy. I might even get on Tinder. Swipe, <laughs> swipe a direction or two. Love it. We'll see what ends up happening there. Um, we have a lot to go through today, so let's uh, let's start with the show. Then we're going to hit NXT UK corner. Then there's some Q&A, and we are going to end the show off with round one of the next pick contest and the results from NXT TakeOver 36. Yeah, true. I guess, yeah, I, was, I wasn't even thinking of including that in, in this one because we picked all the same things. But I guess for posterity's sake, Boris, we can go back over exactly. it. Exactly. All right. So let us get started with today's show. Today's show, NXT TV from August 24th, 2021. The show opens up. But before we start with the show, what, what, what's, what, what, what am I doing? I'm just jumping straight into stuff. Um, you know, <laughs> we, we need to talk about the rating system. Dijor. Yes. So we are the Young Guns. We do, uh, we say uh, bye-bye to star ratings. We like to mix it up every week. Boris, do you know the name for that hat that Ridge Holland wears out? I have we can no go with, uh... idea. I used to know it. I used <laughs> yeah, to know right? It. Whatever that hat is called. Maybe we'll do that next week because I'm sure Ridge Holland is going to smash Tommaso Ciampa next week too. But, uh, okay, so we'll put the hat on hold. I was also thinking we can go with rubber steel pipes, either some yes. combination of rubber pipe or steel yep. pipe because those are prominently figured in NXT TV lately. 
Yep, let's do it. So we're going to rate each match out of five rubber steel pipes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. For a, five, for a Vince Russo percentage. <laughs> All right, the show opens up with Cameron Grimes and Million Dollar Man uh, rolling up to the Capitol Wrestling Center in a limo. They arrive in the ring. DiBiase gets on the mic and says he came to NXT to find a special someone who could carry on the legacy of the Million Dollar Man, and whoever that person was would have to be physically gifted and strong of mind and very strong of heart. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. Grimes has never quit. Cameron says Ted drove him absolutely bonkers when he first showed up, and DiBiase admits he was testing him, and he passed. Grimes says he thought he was something because of all those zeros in his bank account, and he lost track of where he was going, but he eventually came to know he couldn't let Ted suffer as LA Knight's butler. So he took care of Knight and became the million-dollar champion. DiBiase says it is time to go to the moon. Grimes joins him. Money flies everywhere in the arena. One of the cheesiest intros i've seen in a long time but for me it just worked and it was a nice little ending to this story it was definitely a fine wrap-up to the story it could have yeah it, i i'm almost surprised they opened the show with it but i guess have have a feel-good moment but yeah it is it was like stark contrast to see like remember you remember how rampage started on friday not that AEW and nxt are at all even in competition anymore. But I just thought of that, just thought of the party that was AEW and thought of that, uh, like, you know, that scene that happens every time they have a show versus where NXT is currently at without fans. And with this thing, like poor Cameron Grimes, he's trying. Ted DiBiase actually cut a good promo today. Like he actually did a pretty good job with the microphone. Yeah, he really did. I think it, it, it almost makes me wonder, like, you know, if they feed him lines or just say do something, right? Like it's kind of, because uh, <laughs> we've seen him like be, awesome or i wouldn't say awesome but respectable and we've also seen him be absolutely horrible yes yeah pretty bad yeah so i i, I do wonder but yeah so this was okay definitely but like in the grand scheme of where wrestling's at right now it was kind of a little lame it was yeah. a little lame yeah you know what it was what it was again get used to stuff like this this is developmental one thing that we have to honestly stop doing between ourselves is making the comparison between this and aew because they are on yeah. different planets right now they're in different you're completely right, right now. you're completely right and you know what Norris, that will officially be my last nxt aew comparison let's try to let's try to stop as of this moment but it just that was the, that was what hit me so strongly you know so yeah. i thought of it and uh, yeah, you're right though. It's it's not even worth. Uh, it's not even a contest anymore in any way. Like you know. Yeah. Exactly. Literally or metaphorically at all. Yeah. Yep. Um. And depending on who you ask, they would say it never was. But that's a conversation for a <laughs> different day. Um. Recap of and uh, Takeover 36 followed. Ridge Hollins makes his way to the ring as we go to commercial. This leads us into Ridge Holland versus Timothy Thatcher. Matt, this match felt like a developmental match. I was just surprised at the layout of this match. Like, you would think that uh, just, like, going in, Timothy Thatcher, I realized I wrote Tommaso Ciampa here on the uh, thing, but Timothy Thatcher would actually, like, control a lot of the match. He would be, uh, like, on the offense and kind of working, like, and Ridge Holland would do some selling. He would be, because he's such a good offensive wrestler on the ground you know what i mean and then ridge holland would be able to work into his suplexes and his power stuff but it was really just the ridge holland show for 10 minutes it was yep. just all ridge holland he controlled it every time 
Tommaso tried, or sorry, uh, Timothy tried to get something going. Ridge Holland was just quicker and stronger, and he was just the better man and the better athlete. And it was a dominant extended squash for Ridge Holland. Yeah, but I didn't really have an issue with this. Like, this is, no. you know, we, we, we earmarked Ridge Holland on Sunday as someone that we're going to be seeing a lot more of. And, you know, yeah. if today's show was any indication of, it's 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 the truth. Like, Ridge Holland seems to be kind of, um, you know, earmarked to be, dare I say, the future of this brand. Oh, 100% right. At least, like, a short-term world title challenger. It kind of seems like he's gearing up for Samoa Joe, maybe. But, uh, yeah, man, I don't have a problem with it. I just think it is a stark contrast from where NXT used to be. And this is, like, prime example of where we're going. Like, the the young guy is going to crank the old veteran. It's no longer about a competitive match. It's no longer about putting on a good performance. It's about making the young dude look strong. And maybe that's for the best, man. It just is what it is right now. Yep, that's exactly it. Uh, so Thatcher hits uh, the Tenryu and Ziguri, slams him to the ropes. Uh, Tim was working the leg. Uh, Holland with uppercuts. He scoops him up and he delivers the Northern Lights bomb for the win at 10 minutes and 37 seconds. Yeah, he's calling it the Northern Grit. I believe, or at least that's yeah. what Wade Barrett called it on commentary. It is the Northern Lights bomb or the snowplow that yep. Al Snow used to use. Yeah, 10.37. So this was a, like, Thatcher is not going to have a bad match with anyone. Thatcher, quote, could have a good match with a broom, you know, unquote, as they say. Thatcher could have a good match with anyone. But this was uh, this was controlled and dominated by Ridge Holland, and it was a lot of Timothy Thatcher selling. Yep. All right, so... Post-match, Ridge puts hands on Tommaso Ciampa. Champ unloads on him, dumps Pete Dunne out of the ring, puts Boots to Holland until only Lorcan and a returning Danny Birch arrive to put Boots to him. Holland beats Thatcher down, jabbing him in the throat before Pete Dunne backs him off. So with all that said, Matt, how would you rate this match? Uh, pretty good. Not uh, anything that'll blow your socks off, but I thought Thatcher did a great job. Uh, making Holland look like a million bucks. We're going to go three uh, fake rubber pipes out of five. It's a 60% Vince Russo attack percentage on yep. this one. Exactly. It was, you know, it was good enough. Uh, so after this, Carmel Hayes is interviewed ahead of the finals to the NXT breakout tournament, making his case for belonging in NXT as we go to break. And again, I guess the, the thesis of this promo was that you know, he is the underdog. He's always been the underdog. He's seen as the underdog in this match, and he's going to continue fighting for everything he he gets. Yeah, I like this promo a lot. I think uh, Carmelo Hayes has a lot of potential both in the ring and on the mic, and uh, he's not quite great at either yet, but I can see him, like, developing those skills and becoming really, really good. Like, you can see that he's he's got all the tools. He's an intelligent, articulate person who can get his point across. He's very athletic in the ring. He's strong. He's like, he's got all the tools. He's a five tool player. Boris, as they say. Yep. All right. Back from commercial. We get a recap of uh, last week's index shenanigans. Uh, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling. Mackenzie Mitchell is with Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. They're interviewed backstage. They essentially reveal that their wedding has been set for September 14th. September 14th, mark it on your calendars, the Index Wedding. Some kind of shenanigans will probably happen. Do you think we're getting a full Dexter heel turn serial killer Loomis character? 
I think so. I think this is it. Oh. I think uh, I think we're going to see something happen. I think this is their way of writing Indy Hartwell off NXT uh, before she goes to the main roster and uh, Dexter Loomis can finally be that heel that we've always been wanting. Yeah, maybe it's not that Dexter goes heel on Indy. Maybe Indy leaves him and breaks his heart and that's why he goes mental and becomes the full full scale Loomis. Yep. All right, match number two, Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane versus Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Eh, this match wasn't that long. Um, and this match was fine for what it was. Like, it, it, you know, it, I enjoyed it. It was okay. It was, you know, if anything, it was the Mendoza line of tag team matches. I'm actually a little surprised with who ended up winning. What did you think? Yeah, I, I'm definitely surprised with who ended up winning, although it seems like a tag team title push is in order. I guess this was Gigi and JC's like first or second match together, right? So I'm, I'm okay with who won. Casey and Caden ended up winning. In four minutes and 13 seconds, it was. Uh, it wasn't a lot to this match. I would even say it was probably slightly below the Mendoza line of where a typical tag team match is these days. But uh it was like, it was fine. Not a bad match. Not a bad, well, yeah, it was a bad match, but not a bad effort. You know, I wouldn't go like lower than uh, two rubber pipes out of five kind of match. Yep. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez is interviewed backstage. She says she doesn't think Dakota Kai is done with her and puts Kaylee Ray's accolades over, but says it makes no difference who steps up to the plate. Uh, Frankie Monet rolls up and says she doesn't wait in line and she's going to take Raquel Shine and her championship in the process. I'm excited for this, man. Yes. Raquel versus Frankie. That'll be a good match. That'll be a good bit of promos. Frankie Monet is, like we've said this before, she's all the way ready for the main roster. She is a very good promo. Her character is there. Her entrance is there. Her wrestling is there. She she lacks nothing. She's ready for the main roster. So I think this is a this is a very, uh, it's a natural feud in a lot of ways. It makes a lot of sense. I'm super here for it. Right. Okay, question for you. Uh, Frankie Monet, Raquel Gonzalez, Will Frankie Monet just lose and go to the main roster, or is she going to stick around NXT a little longer? Well, what do you think? Well, we've been saying it for so long that, yeah, I think especially now that Johnny Mundo is babyface, I think that we might see a Miz and Maurice versus Mundo and Monet match. We're going to see Johnny Drip Drip and Frankie Drip Drip on the main roster sooner than later, Boris. Yep. I agree 100% with you. All right, back from commercial, Odyssey Jones gets his own interview where he talks about his own accolades, and it's essentially kind of mirrors uh, Carmelo Hayes' interview from earlier. However, he says that he's always dominated wherever he's been, and he expects to dominate later in the finals of the NXT breakout tournament. Great, perfectly fine stuff. Odyssey Jones, uh, Odyssey Jones, <laughs> Odyssey Jones, Boris. He's a uh, he's a charismatic dude. <laughs> you know, I like him. Yep. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed it. it you know, it, again, like the, the, this is what we are to expect in this new incarnation of NXT. People just doing their thing, honing their craft before they make yeah. it up to the main roster, whatever that means. Uh, this leads us into match number three, which is Kay Lee Ray versus Valentina Feroz. Um, this match did not last long at all. In fact, it was only two minutes, 51 seconds, and uh, Kaylee Ray essentially dominated Valentina Feroz. Uh, she ended up winning with the gory bomb. Yeah, not a lot to it. I actually quite liked this match. Like, I thought it was better than the previous one. This was straight to the point. It got across what it wanted to get across, which is, hey, Kaylee Ray, she's a serious 
friggin' pro wrestler. She's not here to play around. This girl is vicious. She's really good. And she won dominantly with her finisher. Awesome. We're going three uh, steel rubber pipes out of five. Uh, not great again, but it's a very solid above the Mendoza line squash. This is everything you need out of a squash match, buddy. Look, it served its purpose at the end of the day, right? Kaylee Ray is someone that a lot of the NXT audience stateside, they have no idea who she is. So, you know, they've done an okay job of, you know, uh, debuting her with a video, giving her a squash match where she just dominated. So this is the perfect way to just get yourself noticed by the new crowd. Absolutely. Yeah. And she needed to have a dominant victory or two or three because her style is that pit bull, that stay on you kind of style. And it like you need to see that she's a threat. And a good way to do that is have her squash a couple people along the way. So I really like that a lot. Yep. Samoa Joe is shown arriving to the arena and this sends us to a break. Back from commercial, we see uh, JC Jane and Gigi Dolan walking backstage. They shrug off an interview and Mandy Rose tells them that if they want to never feel like this again, they'll come with her and never look back. They shrug again and they eventually go away with Mandy Rose. So there you go. We got the kind of a, we got teased a little bit a few weeks ago with this, uh, you know, threesome. And uh, here we go. This is happening. Hot girl stable, hot girl summer starting this fall. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Samoa <laughs> Joe makes his first entrance as your new NXT champion. He recounts his match at NXT TakeOver 36, emphasizing that he's the first ever three-time NXT champion. And he says that tonight should have been a night of celebration, but he didn't come dressed to celebrate because his experience tells him that to be NXT champion is to be king in the land of savages. And in the land of savages, there is no time to celebrate. Tension is in the air tonight. It's palpable. The handshake's cold and the stairs a bit bolder so he's come here to ask one simple question who will stop staring and actually come here and step up to him the time is now the champ is waiting let's take a quick break there man oh man it just goes to show you how good joe is on the mic oh he's so good this was by far the best promo on the show samoa joe He's an orator. He is a poet out there, buddy. He just—he's just such a good promo, man. He's just so entertaining on the mic. Just feels like this—the show like took a step into the big leagues when he showed up and started talking, you know. And yeah, I love Samoa Joe's character, and I—I I, I like him as the conquering champion. Although you know, everyone knows he ain't holding this belt long. Yeah, but you know, this kind of reminded me of like the good old days of NXT 2015, 2016, when Joe was your champion, right? Like. You know, if you remember back to then, they always had your one or two kind of indie darlings and everything else was developmental. So, like, anytime Joe or or Owens or Nakamura um, would be on the show, it just, like, like you just said, it just felt elevated. And that's exactly what this entire segment felt like, all because of Joe's awesome performance and the way that he started this entire um, segment off. So, it's it, you know, it kind of reminds me, it's like, okay, if this is the type of show we're going to get, I'm comfortable with this. Well, 100%, yeah. And Joe, I don't want to say outclassed, because that's rude, but I think he was markedly, like, better at promos than everyone who followed, you know? Like, significantly, noticeably better. Yep. And the first person that followed was Pete Dunn. He answered the challenge. Dunn says they've been face-to-face -face enough times that Joe should know the truth. He ain't the baddest around here, so head to the back, fetch William Regal, and make the match. And then came out someone I was actually shocked 
to see. That was L.A. Knight, or as I like to call him, and Kyle O'Reilly effing stole from me, La Knight. Um, he <laughs> says the chills going down Joe's spine are fear, and at TakeOver 36, he watched him take all night to take out a guy I'd have taken 43 seconds to dust. If Joe's got enough tingle in his loins, he'll be his first challenger and his last challenger. He goes to get into the ring, um, and Pete Dunn threatens to break every one of his fingers. If he gets in the ring or takes one more step, I should say, that gets Knight to back off and claim he's just there to chat. Let's take another break. All right, so what did you think of uh, L.A. Knight and Pete Dunn in their little part of this segment? I feel like L.A. Knight's going to the tingle in the loins thing a little too much yeah. these days. I've heard that a couple times. That Don't turn that into a catchphrase, buddy. You can do better. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they did okay. Kyle O'Reilly did okay. L.A. Knight did L.A. Knight things. He's he's fine. He's a perfectly good Mr. Kennedy 2021, as you've said, Boris. But, yeah, uh, everyone talking here just made me think, man, Samoa Joe's good at promos. Yep. Um, and then entered Kyle O'Frickin'-Riley. He says he and Samoa Joe and Pete Dunn know each other well enough, but LA Knight hasn't been introduced. Uh, but the only thing that Knight could win is a Stone Cold Steve Austin vest knockoff contest and a matter at hand. He respects the hell out of Joe, and he's not here to talk his way into a title match because he's earned a title match. And this is when Ridge Holland blindsides Kyle O'Reilly, takes him out. Dunn advances on Joe, but Tommaso Ciampa hits the ring and attacks him, leading Holland to nail him with a butt head. Uh, with, sorry, a head butt. Not a butt head. <laughs> a head butt. Knight tries to cheap shot Samoa Joe, but gets head butted to the floor. Cameron Grime. Oh, and then, yeah, that's how this ends. Whoa! <laughs> yeah! Head butt! Wow! Sorry, that was my Beavis impression. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> Uh, 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 so yeah this was a fine segment but again like all of the shenanigans that happened just made me think boy Samoa Joe's really good at the promo thing also I feel I feel it's pretty funny that Kyle O'Reilly got smashed twice in the ribs on this show they didn't do the rule of threes I guess because they didn't want to turn it into a joke Boris but I would have had a third guy come out and hit Kyle in the ribs just to put a bow on it yeah, I know, right? Um, so, yeah, so it seems like Kyle O'Reilly, L.A. Knight, Pete Dunn, and Tommaso Ciampa seem to be kind of in line, and uh, Ridge Holland seem to kind of been in line for, like, you know, being the main event uh, guys right now in NXT. Yeah, I guess we'll probably talk about next week's card at the very end of the show, but, okay, so, next, well, let's just do it now. We have Ridge Holland versus Tommaso Ciampa. I think Holland wins that easy. We have uh, we have Duke Hudson versus Kyle O'Reilly, which should be a Kyle O'Reilly win, and we have Johnny Gargano versus L.A. Knight. That's interesting, buddy. Who do you think is going to win that one? Man, I, I would I, honestly, I think L.A. Knight. Just the way that everything is yeah. going, I think that uh, you know, I it just seems like they want L.A. Knight in the title picture, and for that, he's going to have to beat someone like a Johnny Gargano. Does seem like it, right? And he was in this promo just now. So it seems like those three guys are going to get wins. I wonder if we're going to get a triple threat match down the line. Could they just do like a straight, like unofficial eliminator tournament here? Yeah, like something, something small, right? Like, or even like a triple threat, like something um, that will determine the next number one contender. But, you know, it depends what the next major show is. I'm assuming it's going to be one of those TV specials as opposed to a takeover. Um, But probably, uh, 
middle of October, Halloween Havoc, middle yeah. end of October. Yeah, we'll see what ends up happening. Um, but yeah, you know, interesting times right now in NXT. And, you know, at the very least, at the very least, we have a new, um, you know, contenders for the NXT title. Yeah. Thankfully. Hammer Grimes shows Ted DiBiase to the limousine. Grimes says the Million Dollar Championship is Ted's legacy and belongs to him. He tries to give the belt to DiBiase. Ted returns it to him and tells him every time he looks at the title, he'll remember who he is. Cameron says it means the world, but it doesn't feel right. He means it really doesn't feel right. He looks, turns the belt around, looks closely at the belt, and realizes Ted switched it for a replica title. DiBiase cackles and drives off. And, uh, you know, we get a classic damn you Ted DiBiase from Cameron Grimes, but in a nice, happy face sort of way. So, Boris, I think you were right in saying that he's never going to defend this title and they're just going to write it off. I think this was the official write off. Ted DiBiase left with the actual million dollar title. Thus, he is once more the possessor of and inarguably the actual million dollar champion. It makes sense. Like, I I never expected the million dollar belt to be around much. Um, If anything, again, it was to kind of build Cameron Grimes as the new money guy, especially with this new um, character that he has, right? So to me, it just made sense. And this is a nice little way to get him off, Um, you know, and it, it, it everyone won at the end of the day, even LA Knight, you know. I think so, yeah. And like your mileage may vary on the feud, and some of the promos kind of sucked. But honestly, I thought two of the matches were great: the ladder match and the takeover match. Uh, most recently, I thought they were both great. So hey, I, I liked it overall. I will remember it with positive vibes and positive thoughts. Yep. Speaking of positive vibes and positive thoughts, we get a hype reel for the NXT Breakout Tournament Finals as we go to break. Uh, back from the break. Kyle O'Reilly is being interviewed by the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. Um, Duke Hudson rolls up before he can answer and mocks him. Kyle O'Reilly slaps him. Duke sucker punches him in the ribs and slams him into some lockers. And they brawl until referees and security pull them apart. Um, Dirtbag maneuver by the handsome Duke Hudson just just fucking trying to try to big league dogs out here. But yeah, I thought this was pretty good healing. I thought this was a very believable realistic brawl like it felt like these guys were in a fight and they didn't like each other at all like i was i was impressed at the intensity at this brawl and by the end of this little dumb little weird segment i did actually really want to see this match like i was like wow like these guys this is a super intense little physical segment here look and again we're seeing a pairing of a rookie and a veteran right and it's again Yes, it's obvious who's most likely going to win, but the experience that Duke Hudson is going to get is so invaluable. Like, it's so important. Um, And, you know, I kind of like this pairing. I really do enjoy this pairing. I feel like they will have a good match at least. I was just really impressed by how intense it was. Like, both guys, like, it felt like a real thing, not just like a hokey pro wrestling angle. All right, William Regal is seated at ringside for the next match because it is time for the NXT Breakout Tournament Finals as Carmelo Hayes goes up against Odyssey Jones. Matt, what did you think of this match? We haven't really talked. We weren't really chatting as we were watching this. Um, So I'm very interested to kind of hear what you thought of this match. It wasn't like the greatest match overall, but I thought it was was good. 
And I was really shocked at the, uh, to be honest, Boris, I spoiled the show for myself. I did read the spoilers. And it was one of those things where I was like, huh, really? Am I reading this right? I guess we'll see. And I did read it correctly. Carmelo Hayes wins the NXT breakout tournament. He slays another giant on his way to uh, claiming the crown. And yeah, it was a pretty good match, man. Odyssey Jones is very limited, as they say. He's just very green is another word they use a lot. He's very, very new to the wrestling business. But uh, he's got a ton of potential. But he's not out here having five-star Kenny Omega matches yet. Exactly. You know? There's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like Odyssey Jones is a type of character who, you know, what they should really do with him is give him five to ten moves that he knows how to execute really well as a big man yeah. and continuously use them. Right? It's the... Yeah. It's 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 the way to Vince's heart. Just do, if you're a big man, right? And I feel like that's what they're gonna end up doing with him because there were times in this match that who looked a little, a little, uh, a little uh, on the uh, a little dangerous iffy, side. A little, yeah, a little iffy, a little iffy Valkyrie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, definitely. Like there was a couple moments. Well, I believe Carmelo uh, came up with a busted lip or nose. I think it's lip. But, uh, yeah, it, they were beating the heck out of each other. But I still think overall it was a good match, and it did – it was, you know, it was a fine final to this tournament. It, I feel like this tournament wasn't as good in the ring as last year's tournament, but I do think they're uh, – you know, they've uh, created a couple stars here, Duke Hudson, Ikemanjiro, and the two finalists at least – yeah, at the very least, 100%. Um, you know, and, and I also like the fact that Carmelo Hayes did slay the giant, but he did it convincingly because it was just with a crucifix pin at 10 minutes, 33 seconds. Yeah. So your winner and NXT breakout tournament champion Carmelo Hayes, I'd give it three Vince Russo pipes out of five, 60% uh, rubber pipe percentage on this one. Yep, so after the match, William Regal presents Hayes with the contract to face any NXT champion of his choice and congratulates him. Hayes thanks Jones and says he's no joke before saying it's too early to pick a champion to face, but when Carmelo Hayes shoots, he doesn't miss. Yeah, good promo from from Melo. Again, I, I like, too, that he kind of just brushed it off. They were like, hey, well, what title do you want? He was like, hey, it's, it's too early. But here's my babyface promo, so let's just focus on that. And I really like that. But, uh, yeah, why even ask him, you know? Why even, like, kind of make that awkward moment? It was very, very small. It was just, like, bad writing, in my opinion. But that's a small, small nitpick. Especially anyway, when, you I, I agree, when you control the outcome of everything, right? Like, you, you got to That's what I mean. Think, yeah, that's, that's what it comes down to. Like, yeah, in sports, this happens all the time. And I know that we make the comparisons. We always say that we love it when it has that sports feeling. But sometimes, you know, in, in making your reporters and your announcers not look goofy you can control kind of what happens anyways i don't want to nitpick pick the nit on this we should probably just move on um yeah. because after this we got a promo from pete dunn ridge holland Oni lorkin and danny birch um they say a lot of stuff in front of a brick wall and it's your your typical promo that these are the baddest guys timothy thatcher's going down yada 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 peaky blinders promo yeah yeah that's that's pretty much it. Um, he says Samoa Joe knows how this ends uh, with the bruiserweight as NXT champion. Danny Birch takes turn and he and Oni and uh, 
uh, only Lore can say they never actually lost the tag titles, so they're the rightful champions. I kind of like that touch. Ridge Holland says he's going to make sure Champa ends up just like Thatcher on the shelf. Yeah, so Oni and Danny versus MSK could be pretty interesting couple matches, a little feud there. I'm excited for that. Eh, Let's do it. Let's do it with this group. Yep. You know what's scary? Well, you know what's funny? And it it was at this point where I'm like, man, if anyone's ever missing from an episode of NXT, like obviously missing, like the Grizzled Young Veterans, for example, I'm always concerned for them now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Well, they're... they're, uh, they're in danger of being lost in the shuffle, the grizzled young veterans. They they lose too much for my liking. They're a really good team. Yep. Uh, back from commercial, we get another recap of uh, TakeOver 36 and the promise of an Ilya Dragunov appearance next week. And this leads us into, like, whatever. It's Boa versus uh, Zion Quinn. Huh. So this match comes in the ring, and I'm like, okay, I don't know if I missed it, like, when I was reading... The, uh, the spoilers, because everything else that happened in this show happened exactly how I remember it in the spoilers. But I don't know if I just like scrolled over it. I don't know if it just didn't register in my head. But I I was ready for this match to just end in Boa killing this guy. You know, like I don't even recall. I, I just don't even recall reading that Boa lost yep. <laughs> in a minute. Yep. In a minute, 10 seconds, Boa loses Boris, not even to an exciting finishing move, not even to, like, the standard roll-up. Boa loses to a flying forearm. Yep. Zion Quinn is like Tito Santana. Yeah, dude, I honestly have no idea what to make of this. Um, after the match, Quinn turns away from Mei Ying on his way out, decides to leave through the crowd, and that was it. Like, if <laughs> see, uh, here's the thing. I understand how many, like, they try to get five or six matches on the show. But you have something like this that makes absolutely no sense. Give the main event a little bit more time. This is absolutely useless. Put this on, like, 205 Live if you're going to do it. If you're going to do a weird, they have 205 Live. They do use it. It's basically the main event of NXT, like the main event show. Like, the main event of, you know, like, yeah, yeah. They they need to rename that show. It's quite confusing. Anyway, this was a one minute and 10 second squash. And the guy who won didn't even do anything impressive. It was just like so weird. It was Boa finally was getting some wins, man. And it's just like, are they they're giving up on him again? I guess they're going to break him off from this spooky Mei Ying group. Or this is it. Like, again, I go back to what I just said. Like anytime something happens, anytime something um, anyone gets their ass kicked anytime something like borderline embarrassing like this happens you just have to wonder about what the what their future is yeah it's sad but true man definitely so yeah i I pour one out for young boa maybe i don't know we'll see uh johnny gargano is backstage begging william regal to cancel the hartwell loomis wedding regal says it'll make great tv seeing gargano go cuckoo bananas they argue about how to pronounce bananas la knight rolls out rolls into the scene they yell at one another him and gargano that is uh regal kicks them out of the office as we go to break a fun little promo, but Johnny Gargano, this was like more annoying Johnny than entertaining Johnny. It was fine, though. It was yeah, right. I, I had no issue with this, um, but I had issue with the next thing um, because, the, you know, Diamond Mine, something that I was looking forward to, something uh, that I thought had so much potential because of the competitors in the group, because of their talking piece. And, dude, yeah. it just, it's, it's failing on every possible level. 
Well, they're losing all their matches, and Malcolm Bivens is is trying. He's still a good speaker. Like this was still, like, in a nutshell, a decent promo. But you're right. Like it's just so cold. Like it's Roderick Strong who looks like unmotivated and kind of sad. Uh, and it's the other wrestler, Tyler Rust, has been fired. Hideki Suzuki has a weird name and doesn't even get to wrestle. So what is this group other than just like, yeah, I don't know. Roderick Strong needs to, they are doing an open challenge. It needs to be a really good match next week. Yep. So Malcolm Bivens is in the Diamond Mine um, training facility with Roderick Strong teaching a masterclass. He says they push themselves beyond limits, unlike Kushida. And that's why Roddy is going to have an open challenge next week and prove to the world what a champion he really is. Let's do it. It better be a good one. Carmelo Hayes, maybe? Yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't know, and I almost don't care. So. Well, uh, yeah, fair. <laughs> I don't know. Fair. I don't we'll know. I'm just buddy. completely done with this diamond mine stuff. Uh, so, yeah. anyways. Um, all right, it's time for the main event. But right before the main event started, uh, I did want to point out that it, Wade Barrett did or sorry, uh, Vic Joseph did mention that Timothy Thatcher is out of action indefinitely. So again, uh, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Could be the end of him on NXT TV as a regular character. That could be it, man. Yeah. Like you said, that's they, if they're going to write him off, that's a good spot to do it. Yep, especially with someone that you're trying to really get over, right? Like a Ridge Holland. All right, yes, so the sir. main event was Hit Row. Ashanti, The Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and Top Dollar versus my boys Legado del Fantasma, Joaquin Wild, Raul Mendoza, and Santos Escobar. I thought this was a pretty good match. I was surprised again at the ending. I knew this one coming in. And the way they achieved it, was kind of made sense. I was surprised at the new addition because that wasn't exactly included in the spoiler exactly who it was. I think that's a great choice. We'll get into that. But yeah, this is overall is a pretty good match, man. Pretty good uh, six man tag, and it's a it's a solid like act two in this feud. You know, we're about we're about ready to start getting into the real meat and potatoes, the real climax of this thing. Yep, exactly. I really like this match a lot. These six work really well. I think Top Dalla, um, you know, again, he's he's new, he's green, he's fresh, but what he does, he does well enough. So you know, let keep doing your thing. Um, so at the end of the match, uh, we uh, Scott hit a 450 splash, got a near fall, uh, went to the outside, he flipped hard into the apron. Bfab attacked Escobar only to take a lead pipe to the gut from Electra. Lopez. This set up Escobar to roll up Swerve with a handful of tights for a very surprise three count. So your winners, Legado del Fantasma. Yeah, Legado del Fantasma have added a female member to the group. It looks like Electra Lopez. I thought this was a pretty good match. Uh, I'd say probably this was pretty easily the best thing on the show, right? Maybe you can talk me into the uh, to the tournament final, but I think this is the best thing on the show. I would go three and a half. Uh, fake rubber pipes uh, out of five, 70% Electra Lopez percentage on this one, buddy. Yeah, exactly. So here we are. Escobar has finally pinned Swerve Scott, um, you know, and it does seem like this feud is going to continue. But my question to you, Matt, is how is this feud going to continue? Are we going to see all four go at it? Are we going to see break apart uh, programs now? How, do, how would you move forward with this uh, Hit Row versus Legado feud? 
Yeah, we're going to see all kinds of things. I do think it'd be interesting to have like an eight person mixed tag where like the three, the, the six, the six male combatants and the one uh, female on each side. I think that'd be pretty interesting. But I do think eventually we're going to get gimmick matches. We, we could even get, buddy, we could even get war games between these four. That'd yeah, like that's the thing. I, you know, it's we're in September. You know, we're two months away from from war games. This could be it. I actually hadn't thought of that. I think we're looking at this for your war games match in uh, September, November, or uh, sorry, November, December. Yep, yeah, we'll see what happens. So that's the show, Matt. Overall, how did you feel about this show? Um, you know, we kind of hinted at like you know it being a different. Um, I'm still a little indifferent about it. I thought that it had really good stuff and bad stuff, um, and yeah. you know, in terms of, anyways, yeah. What did you think? Slightly above average for a, for a pro wrestling show these days, especially for a WWE show. I mean, it, it blows the pants off of Monday Night Raw, but very, 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 very low praise there. Monday Night Raw sucks and is unwatchable. Um, so, yeah, this was a three uh, rubber pipes out of five kind of show. Like a C, if you're being generous, you know, 60%. It was all right, buddy. It was... It's where NXT is at. Uh, the, the opener was fine. The uh, tournament final in the middle was fine. I really liked the main event. There were a couple of interesting things. Cameron Grimes is the best babyface in the entire company, in all of WWE. He's the best babyface. Um, and yeah, it, NXT is uh, it's gonna it's going through some changes. Time to make some change. Changes. Yep, that's pretty much it. All right, uh, <laughs> we are going to jump over to the other side of the pond as we talk NXT UK. All right, that means it's time to chat some NXT UK, my most anticipated wrestling show of the week, at least in WWE land. Um, and once again, it was another fantastic, fantastic, fun hour of professional wrestling that we got in NXT UK. Yeah, quick, digestible. I watched not to like, compare and stack whatever, but if you're talking about one hour shows, I watched Ring of Honor and then this back to back. And this was better. I like yep. this more. It's yep. more entertaining. It's a quick, easier watch. I like the characters. I like the promos. Just good. It's a good show. They both are desperately lacking uh, fans 100% 100% especially now it's just like come on like we really need the fans back especially because some of these matches are so good and you know that they would be so elevated with yeah. fans right like even a Walter Dragunov 2 can you imagine that in a 15,000 person arena or even a 10,000 person arena if you want to say honestly I almost didn't give it uh, the whole like five star rating because of that reason, yep. because it would have been so much better. But you can't fault the, the men in the ring for that, right? So at the yep. end of the day, I felt like that was a nit that I didn't want to pick. But I completely understand that, man. You're one million percent right on that. And I think the uh, yeah, there are a couple matches on this uh, card right here that would have benefited greatly from being in front of a lively, even small, lively crowd. Yep, exactly. So the show kicked off with the NXT UK Women's Championship as your champion, Michael Setamora, went up against Stevie Turner. Um, this match was pretty fun. You know, it was Stevie Turner. Um, I'm not too familiar or know 
know too much about her history, um, but uh, you know, overall, I think that she did fine against uh, you know Michael Satamora. I think this match was fun. Um, it was a nice little opener, and I do think that this match would have benefited greatly from a few people live in there. Hundred percent agree. This in the main event, especially, like the title match aspect. Uh, Stevie Turner, her probably the biggest match of her career. She's like a new character, right? New to the scene of NXT UK. She's doing kind of like the punk girl thing. I, I actually kind of like her. She did. A, she performed pretty well here. It was very good. But yeah, this would have benefited uh, greatly from being in front of people, as we have said. But yeah, Miko did well here. Uh, perfectly fine match, man. NXT UK doesn't really have too many bad matches. I thought this was really good. Yep. Uh, so Michael won with an STF. Turner had no other choice but to tap. Uh, so uh, your winner and still NXT UK Women's Champion, Michael Satamora. Um, this, uh, so how, how many uh, crumpets, how many supernovas yeah. would you give this match? We're going to give this three supernovas out of five. It is a 60% uh, supernova percentage on this one. Uh, seven minutes and three seconds. Could have seen a little more out of it. I would have liked it to go a little longer. But it was what it was. Very good match all the same. You know, and that's the one thing that I wanted to bring up uh, when I did see the time of this match. And that is uh, because, you know, in a one hour show, I feel like because yeah. a show is only one hour, you're not going to get a 15 or 20 minute classic. Right. Um, you're really restricting your match length to under 10 ish minutes and you're getting maybe maximum four matches, typically three matches in a show. Um, that's the yeah. one thing about NXT UK but again I am not going to complain I love this show as one hour but it's just something that you know I have to remind myself as I'm watching these matches 100% agree yeah you do yeah it's it's the match quality in some ways suffers but we do get kind of reliably uh, a 15-ish minute main event every week yes. and it's usually pretty it's it, can, it has a chance to be pretty great every week so there's at least one yeah. All right. So backstage, Mustache Mountain, Trans Seven, and Tyler Bate are getting warmed up before their main caliber title challenge. Kenny Williams and Oliver Carter look ahead before their first round Heritage Cup contenders match uh, next week. Joe Coffey and Rampage Brown will settle their score in their third highly anticipated match. And remember, the stipulation for this match is that the winner can only win via submission or knockout. It's MMA rules, except there are no rounds, and it's not in a cage. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, all right, match number two, Saxon Huxley versus Eddie Dennis with Symbiosis. Again, this match was, um, you know, I like this match for what it was. Um, uh, what's it? Uh, Saxon Huxley is a lot of fun. A lot of yeah. freaking fun. Uh, yeah, I like this because they were they were kind of telegraphing an Eddie Dennis win, and then Saxon Huxley got the big upset, and I thought it was pretty good. I thought it lived up to the small little twist that they were kind of telling. It, it actually kind of hooked me, and it felt like a meaningful victory when Saxon actually got this W. Yep. Uh, so after the match, uh, Eddie Dennis gets last laugh uh, as he and Symbiosis lay the beat down the ass kicking to Saxon Huxley. So with all of that said, Matt, how many crumpets, supernovas would you give this match? I can do without the winner getting immediately beat down. Kind of, you can argue that nobody gets over in that scenario, but whatever, that's, that's, we can, we can have that conversation at a different time. I think Huxley won with, I believe, did he win with Wade Barrett's old wasteland? Was yes. it, it was something like that anyway. Yeah. 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 
and he he it was five minutes and forty seven seconds. So because of like the storytelling and because of the commentary, the whole shebang bang, we're gonna be maybe generous. We're gonna go three uh, crumpets out of five. It is a sixty percent supernova percentage, above average, above the Mendoza line match. Yep. All right. Backstage, the NXT UK champions, pretty deadly. They are doing some last minute preparations before they defend their titles later on in the show. Um, next week, Afi Valkyrie and Ginny are going to fight in for the second time in a no DQ match. During their match, Joseph Connors will be locked in a cage. A shark cage, Boris. Yes, this match <laughs> is going to be fun, I think. I'm excited. I, I I love me some Jenny. I'm here for it. Yep. All right. Match number three: Danny Luna with Subculture on her on her side against Isla Dawn. Your girl Isla Dawn, Papa Shango ish, Goth ish, Voodoo heel on NXT UK. Yep. But she didn't get the win. I get it. I know. I know that uh, they're really trying to push Danny Luna and all of Subculture. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm 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 fine with the fact that Danny Luna won. But again, short match, fun match, and you know, I guess both people kind of don't look bad. Here's a here's a question for you. I asked this to my roommate too. Shout out Fleetwood Brown. He actually, I think he's right. Uh, but do you think it was at the end of this match? Uh, it was Isla Dawn was holding on to Danny Luna's hair. And Isla Dawn pulls out a lock of Danny Luna's green hair. Boris, do you think this was a shoot hair pull or was this a worked hair pull? I think it was worked. I think it's going to lead to a Ultimate Warrior-like uh, voodoo plague um, for yes. Danny Luna. So I think it was an overall work. But uh, I don't know. Like You bring up a great point because uh, what's her face? Danny Luna kind of looks shocked at this. Yeah. So they well they're there. Yeah. It is definitely worked for sure. But it could you like theoretically it could have happened in like in the heat of battle and they yeah. still could work it into a storyline. Yeah. But I don't believe it, this is definitely worked. And I think the illusion is done by like I don't know you you cut it before and you put it in a small ponytail maybe like a clear like fishing wire. I don't know exactly how you do it, but there are easy ways to to pull that one off. Anyway, it was just it was just a funny thing. But you're right. My 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 bigger point of this is Boris. Are we not getting a voodoo doll gimmick out of this, buddy? And I cannot wait for it. I am you know again. <laughs> I like a little cheese with my wrestling. You know, not too much cheese. It doesn't need to be Limburger, but it can be a real Gouda <laughs> cheese. I am for it, buddy. Just a little, yeah, like a little sprinkle, a little queso, you know, just a little tiny bit. Yeah, a little queso fresco for your taco, right? (laughs) Like, it doesn't need to be all-out cheese, but, you know, a little little something-something can always work. Absolutely. So, yeah, overall, I thought this was a good, the perfect amount of pro wrestling cheese. It went 644. Uh, Danny Luna won with a fireman's carry into a powerbomb. I believe, uh, does Hiroki Goto use this move? A lot of people use this move. A lot of people, yes. Yeah, I think this is Goto's uh, finisher. I don't want to be quoted on that, but I do believe you're right. Goto changes it up. He's got the GTR, which is like the weird like backbreaker reverse DDT thing. But he has like nine or ten moves that he uses a lot. I think this might be one of Goto's moves. I might be wrong about that. Anyway, yeah. Fireman's carry into a powerbomb. Danny Luna wins. Six minutes, 44 seconds. I like this match. Three crumpets out of five. 60% yet again. Above average, but not by much. Yep. 
Uh, we get a Walter and Ilya Dragunov video. I think we know how that match ended. Um, next week on the show, Joe Coffey versus Rampage Brown 3. And we get Ginny versus Afy Valkyrie 2. You know what else is really funny? I want to touch on right before the main event, right around the Walter thing. You know what else they advertised? Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks for SummerSlam. Yeah. Well. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Friggin' embarrassing. Yeah. Absolutely embarrassing. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. All right. NXT UK Tag Team Championship on the line. Pretty Deadly versus Mustache Mountain. You know, I mark out for Pretty Deadly. I just love their gimmick. Um, and Mustache Mountain, dude, they're just so good. And yeah. this match was everything I thought it was going to be. It was so... <laughs> I thought you would love this match. Oh, I loved every second of it. But you know what it is? <laughs> there was an element of cheese to this match. <laughs> oh, yeah. That I loved. Well, they came out... Pretty Deadly came out wearing fake mustaches to make fun of Mustache Mountain. So, yes, there was indeed an element of cheese to this one. But I love I love Pretty Deadly, man. They're 80s heels here in 2021. They're 1980s heels. Yep. Um, yeah. And again, this match was a lot of fun. Again, I'm not too shocked at who won. I think that they're going to keep the belts on Pretty Deadly for a while. Um, and, you know, Mustache Mountain kind of have their own thing going on. Like, they, they've kind of... Uh, touched uh other feuds so overall it made sense um, yeah, but, bait, uh, bait, yeah. Uh, bait especially but bait and seven as a whole do not need these titles right now pretty deadly need these titles right now they're building themselves they're like the they're you know what's funny i uh, i think it was nigel one of the commentators i believe it was nigel said that edge is watching a lot of pretty deadly on the network and edge is a big fan you know what these guys remind me a lot of very young edge and christian yes it's that element of just like you know not taking yourself too serious right um yes. having fun and, and and making jokes and just being like again i know we've said this so many times already on U uh, nxt uk corner but it's just being cheesy like you you, you know you got to be a little cheesy and that's something that you know, I find that WWE doesn't do well. Like, they take themselves so serious, even on programs where you need to be a little cheesy. You know, this is what, why, in my opinion, a lot of things with The Fiend kind of failed because it, they took it so serious when you have this completely outlandish thing. And I think this is where The Undertaker was just perfect, right? Like, yes, his character was very serious, but the way that, like, he, Mark Calloway portrayed him. It was just the right element of not taking it too serious, for there lack of a better enough, term. Exactly right, man. There was just enough camp in there, just enough, a little bit of kitsch, just a little bit of camp in there, and that was enough to like, not like wink, wink, like break the fourth wall, but you kind of knew that he knew it was a gimmick, and he was doing living his best life as the gimmick you know yep. and that's it just that's made it so much better so. yeah and then you have the other side of the needle you know a kenny omega and i'm not comparing the company i'm just comparing the wrestler you know where it's a little too much camp right yes yeah way too much camp for some for me but yes yeah yeah uh so uh pretty deadly end up winning with their spilt milk finisher matt how many uh supernovas would you give this match there's a couple things I really liked. I liked the fake out, uh, throwing the fake, throwing the towel in where the pretty deadly guy like threw a towel in and then hid 
behind Trent Seven so that the referee would think that Trent Seven threw the towel in to submit Tyler Bate. I actually thought that might be the finish. I'm glad it wasn't. I thought that was a really clever spot. This is the kind of match that when I finished it, I was like, oh, that was really good. And then I'm reading my notes and I'm thinking about all the things that happened. And I'm like, oh, man, this match was great. And I want to watch it again. So, you know what, Boris? I'm going to be I'm going to maybe be generous and maybe I'm just feeling a little like friendly tonight. But I'm going to go as high as four crumpets out of five. I'm going to say this was a great match, but I will reserve the right to change this because I'm going to watch it again because I'm just going through these notes. And I'm like, man, there's so much in this match that I actually loved. I really like these guys. This spot where uh, I believe it was. Tyler Bate pulled the rope down and was yeah. it holy? Was it Howley that hit the Howley. ground yep. like an absolute sock of bricks? My God, did Howley hit the hit the mats here? Oh, it was like it was an over the top rope pull the rope down bump like I've never seen before in wrestling. There's yeah. a lot to love in this match, so I'm gonna go as high as four out of five for this one. I thought it was a great wrestling match. Beauty, beauty, beauty. So that was NXT UK, another awesome hour of wrestling. All right, so weekly Q&A thread went up earlier today. Some people got some Qs. We got some As. Um, <laughs> I have no idea where I was going with that. You know, sometimes when you just talk. <laughs> I'm glad that's where you went. <laughs> like, there are times where I just talk, and I realize I'm just saying random words in my head, and I'm not even Like, oh, no, it. I'm speaking before I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, like... <laughs> and it happens, like, at least once every episode, and I'm like, what am I saying? Am I making sense? Do I need to shut up? <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Anyways, that was my once a week when I just start talking. <laughs> All right, so, um, so again, thanks to everyone who gets some cues for our A's. Um, I guess the first question here was from Jake Eleanor, uh, you know, and he wanted our thoughts on the Nick Khan interview with uh, Ariel Helawani. So, so yes, you go first. I have a quote that I wrote down. Let me find it. You go first. Buddy. All right, so I'm going to reserve the overall you know changes in nxt discussion we've talked about that so often well we both have said you know it makes sense for wwe what i do want to talk about is nick khan in terms of him as a speaker in terms of him as a businessman the one thing that for me is off-putting is the fact that he's a businessman first and he's clearly clearly not a wrestling guy, right? And again, this is a symptom of WWE being a, a public company. They need that business person up front. Nikon can talk the talk for business people, but I know that he can rub wrestling people the wrong way. And there was a, um, a specific quote, and I, it'd be hilarious if it's the one that you're going to talk about, and it's when he talked about indie wrestlers. Uh, buddy, in terms of an NXT rebrand, look for it. In the next couple of weeks, it's going to have a whole new look. It's going to have a whole new feel. And we believe, as a lot of the, quote, indie wrestlers, unquote, and I'm putting that in quotes because he did the finger quotes, but this is all of Nick Khan's quote, if you will, have come through our system and are now in our system with SmackDown and Raw. We don't want to just keep doing that same thing. We want to look elsewhere for great young talent. That's the exact thing. If you're Adam Cole, you're like, well... Better go to eighty. Better go to EW, I guess. Like you know, like. But here's the thing, know. you know, and, and it's it's something that I always need to remind people. There's two things. Number one, 
you know, we don't know kind of where their head's at in term. And, you know, and, and we were also asked by Joe Aguinaldo, is Adam Cole done with WWE? Is he back in NXT or going to the main roster? So let's kind of, you know, bring these two topics together because I think this is a perfect okay. way to kind of uh, segue into many things and many discussions. Um, Adam Cole, we don't know where his mind's at, right? Like, what does he want from the future? Is he looking for a paycheck or is he looking to make a splash in the wrestling business? Is he looking for both? You know, for all that we for all that we know, AEW can offer him both, right? It really depends kind of where their mindset is at. It's also something that we talked about on Sunday uh, at the during the after party, um, you know, and it was uh, specifically uh, we were talking about Johnny Gargano, you know, with a little one on the way. Where he, where is his mindset? The other thing that a lot of people tend to forget, and us as jaded WWE fans for sure forget. You know, these guys, most of these guys are younger than and than, than you and I, Matt. Um, and most of these guys, you know, only had WWE to watch. So for them, in their career, when they started their career, when they wanted to become wrestlers, that was it. That was the show. That's the end-all, be-all place for professional wrestling. Yes, it's changed now. Yes, there's AEW, but for some people, WWE is the show, is the place, is the destination, right? Like, yeah, and, and we can't deny a childhood dream. Oh, man. Comedians are always going to want to be on Saturday Night Live, despite the fact that people have said that that show has sucked. It started in 1975. People have said that that show has sucked since 1977, man, honestly. Like, this SNL has been dead since the third year that it was in existence and it's going on like what 55 you know so 60 70 how many a hundred thousand anyway i 100 percent agree with you the institution is always going to be important it always will having said that i think actually adam cole is going to leave i didn't think that until i saw cm punk and i saw the end of the takeover match and I don't think they would have ended Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly the way they did if Adam Cole was going to become a conquering hero on the main roster. And I don't think that Adam Cole is going to resign to be, you know what I mean? Like to be even Karrion Cross. Look at Karrion Cross. He dominated Adam Cole. He dominated everyone in that brand. And he's being treated. He was being treated like a shithead. Yes, he won in a minute over Ricochet, but they put him in a dumb costume and the crowd laughed at him on his way out. So, what, what did it accomplish? You know what I mean? Even the, the greatest the greatest push you could possibly get in NXT might lead you to be laughed at in two weeks when you're on Raw. So I think he'd be crazy to stay, and I think he's going. Yeah, honestly, I, I want to I agree with you. I really do. But I just feel like, you know, we just, you know, I, I feel like we're overlooking the Britt Baker factor. Yeah. You know, we talked about this. That- go ahead. Yeah. You, can, you can go ahead and say it. Yeah, well, we've been talking about it, and that was my entire thing. I didn't think he was going to go because I thought that he – he it's been pretty clear. He didn't want to overshadow Britt Baker, and I think that Britt's doing so well that he doesn't want to run the risk of interfering with her success by being there, and I don't think he will, actually. And I think she's so established now that it's almost – not maybe insulting to think that he would, you know, and I think that's part of the reason why he's going to go because there's no Britt Baker's pretty unfuckwithable at this point. You know, no, she's pretty, she's there, dude. She's in my opinion, she's top five in the entire company, you know, in terms of star power. Yeah. So I don't think he has anything to worry about really anymore. I think he's good. I think he should go. I think he will go. And, uh, 
Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But here's the thing. I'm not going to be shocked if he stays. No, you never. He's a... Uh, he grew up loving it, man. He, he's working with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and he could go to the main roster. He could win the Intercontinental title. He could be be on SummerSlam and WrestleMania. Like, these are huge things for professional wrestlers. Like, of course he could stay. Of course he could. Yep. All right, man. Anything else you want to touch on before we uh, we uh, move on to the end and uh, pick contest? Um... Well, just well quickly, NXT UK next week. There they have uh, the the tournament: Kenny Williams versus Oliver Carter, round one in the Heritage Cup. There's the Shark Cage match: uh, Afy Valkyrie versus Ginny, and Joe Coffey versus Rampage Brown in the KO or submission only match. That's NXT UK. NXT proper next week. We have four matches announced. We have Duke Hudson versus Kyle O'Reilly, Ridge Holland versus Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano versus LA Knight. And Roderick Strong versus mystery opponent Boris. Also, Ilya Dragunov appearing. So, you know, some interesting things coming up on NXT Talk next week. Um, And other than that, no, I think that's pretty much it. Let's touch on this here uh, takeover prediction show where I think we both kind of cranked it, buddy. Yeah, I think so. Pretty good start for us. Do you want to yes. talk about it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, awkward yes, silence aside. <laughs> well, I actually pull it up. Yeah, man. So we both, my friend, went five for five on this here prediction contest because this was the first time that we ever picked the same show throughout. And guess what? It was because it was the most obvious NXT show in history. It was very clear that all five people were going to win. And more power to Triple H and the crew for not doing a swerve on us, right? Dude, and that this is the thing we've always say. We always say this, you know. Sometimes the obvious choice, as obvious as it is, is the right choice. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like yeah. How cocky is it for us to be like, well, the thing we said should happen is the right choice. But I do think, actually, buddy, it was no, the right the choice. Scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, like <laughs> let, let's bury no, Horowitz ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, let's not dislocate our own shoulders, patting ourselves on the back. But yeah, buddy, yeah, I think we, I think we can all agree. And both Boris and Matt starting off five and zero in the third season of the pick contest, where Boris, you are you are two and zero overall. You are a two time pick contest champion. Love but it. we're going into season three, buddy. So I love it. It's gonna be great. Um, so yeah, so okay, so before we go, there is tons going on. Bam! Tomorrow we're gonna be talking. ROH and tons of ROH there were three shows there was their uh, Glory by Honor special two night special and their TV and then we are also going to be talking about SummerSlam 1991 and it's perfect timing sorry yeah sorry and Macho Man Randy Savage's Bachelor Party which I watched it's a full episode of primetime wrestling it's on YouTube you can check it out it's insane isn't it it? I told you I told you. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. It's mean. It's like it's the first time that you get dirty mean gene. And I loved every second of it. Um, so that that's a lot of fun. Uh, so we're going to be talking about SummerSlam 91, tons of ROH. And we're going to continue our pick contest as we preview and give you our choices for not one, but two NWA shows this weekend. And if history NWA can repeat three. itself, if history can repeat <laughs> itself. You are going to fail miserably. (laughs) 
Will I get my first win on an NWA pay-per-view? Because I went 0 for 7 on the last one. But we're going NWA 73 on Sunday. And before that, NWA Empower on Saturday. Yep, so that's that. So also on the SNME Radio Network, uh, you have uh, Midweek Markout. It's actually coming out after this show. Uh, so we'll be able to listen to Jason um, and all his fishing stories and Mark and all his stories. And, and they'll eventually talk about Raw. Uh, you get the Old Flux All Elite Weekly. That's going to be dropping on Friday. You have Bam on Thursday. Then on Saturday, you have the Smack Daddies as they review SmackDown. And you get the old fucks again as they review Rampage. And then on Sunday, it's a regular show. Dude, every single day you get a podcast. It's crazy. Yeah, it's some good high quality stuff if we dare say so ourselves. Keep it locked here at Sunday Night's Main Event Radio. We're doing it up. We're doing it right. Boris, it's hot. I need to turn my fan on. Let's call this a night, buddy. Yep, let's call it a night because it is NXT Talk. I'm Boris. He's Matt. Good night. Aye, aye, aye.